Hello, podcast world. Welcome to Vicarious Living, a show about a couple Midwest dudes breaking down all the beauty that is teen drama TV. Welcome to My Carrie's Living. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back, kids. Welcome back, Pat. Welcome back, intern Whitney. Hello. We are here. The three of us are here because we are doing the Dawson's Creek finale tonight, season one, episode 13, Decisions. How do you feel? I feel good. Um, I'm at a good place with Dawson's. We did four episodes for the first season, yep. and then we're done with it. Like, honestly, I'm a little sad. Like, it feels like I could use a little bit more, but I know it's not good for me. Right. But before we get all nostalgic on the kids, first, we got to do a little business. <laughs> we sure do. Housekeeping? Vicarious Living Podcast on Instagram and vicariouslivingpod at gmail.com. And swag situations. We have swag situations up on wickelaware.com. Type in the promo code VL at checkout. Get 10% off of your order. Get the swag kits. Last DC, dude. Um, I do. I feel a little sad that we're letting it go. I think that feels right. We want to walk away from these TV shows like wanting a little more. It's, a, it's like a negotiation. Right. Like a good negotiation is both parties, I guess, in this situation... Are we each one of the parties, or are we one of the parties as a team, and then the show is a second party? I think the show is the second party. So we're both walking away a little unsatisfied. The show is probably walking away a little unsatisfied, but that's that's a good deal. That's a, a good, good deal. deal is done. No one's happy. Like the show, they would like us to keep watching because they they want that. That's why they made the show. Yeah, they make the show so that teen podcasters like yourself and I can be passing along the show to the kids 15 years after the show has ever aired. But I would say, for future reference, for us, doing one season and four episodes like we did, it's a pretty good spot. I like that spot. Yeah, I think we ran ourselves a little too thin on One Tree Hill, so I, I feel good about where we're at right now. And imagine what your feelings towards Dawson would be like season four. Oh my like God, Like midway through dude. season four in Dawson's Creek. I can't even imagine because I'm at the point where, like, if I could get away with murder and kill one human being guilt-free and jail-free, Dawson would be the fucking dude I kill. you just, like, drive out to L.A. and kill James Vanderbeek? I think James Vanderbeek's a cool guy. I just want to kill Dawson. He seems... Vanderbeek... He, JVDB seems very like down to earth and real and like a very self-aware guy. Do you know what would be satisfying to do? And I'm sure there's interviews with this somewhere already, but just to talk to Vanderbeek about why Dawson was such a fucking weird guy. Yeah. Cause why he's such a dude. Other than the writers of the show, I feel like he's the closest to him. We could really figure it out. Yeah. It's got to be out there. <laughs> it's got to be. <laughs> that interview's got to be out there, I would assume. Um, okay, let's kick off tonight, though, with a fun fact, because we have a massive course correct that we need to get out there. Is this the second retraction? No, this in, is... In, in the same amount I of am weeks? not going to retract my statement, because, dude, there's no way I could have fucking known this. Hulu pulled a fast one on us. They did. So... That was well, a dirty pull. 
It was a dirty pull. And what we're describing is essentially we were confused all year. We were like, why are they not playing this Smash Dawson's hit? Call a call. I don't want to wait. Yeah. We have actually, even though we have played that on this podcast like 10 times Sir Dawson's Creek, and we keep saying that yeah. it's going to hit in season two, we have actually not organically heard that song during the opening credits of Dawson's Creek that we and have watched on Hulu. When you think of Dawson's Creek, you think of this song. And the reason that we just found out is because fucking classic contract dispute rights situation, dude. So I was reading about it, and what happened was all the TV deals that they do nowadays, it is in the contract that that show has the rights to that song in perpetuity for all mediums and for all ways that you would get that show, whether it's streaming, DVDs, like airing on live broadcast, wherever, whenever. But it was like a fucked up weird deal that they did where Paula Cole only agreed to give them rights for the on-air broadcast. And the show, they didn't push back that hard on it because they were like, in 1998, they couldn't have predicted all the streaming shit. The internet barely existed. Yeah, yeah, all the internet. And so they were just like, yeah, fuck it. This show, it's never going to come back. It's like it airs and then it disappears. That's Paula Cole just living in the future. I want to know like the um, VH1 behind the music or the backstory of the guy who is in charge of the sync and licensing for this show because Dude, Pat, didn't you already look at how you're sitting? <laughs> My bad, I was just relaxing. All right, I, start I, over. Say that again. All right. when the mic can actually hear you. Um, I would honestly like to go back and see the actual business behind the scenes of the guy who was in charge of like the sync and licensing yeah. for the show. Because didn't you also tell me that originally they wanted Alanis Morissette? Yes. But the deal fell through. Like yes. she wanted more money. And so when they actually went to their second choice, they made a shitty business deal. <laughs> yeah, and like yeah. now 15 years later, 20 years later, they can't even get the streaming rights for the song. Like that guy was probably such a coward in the room. Dude, he's probably that guy who did the Fire Film Festival. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's the guy, dude. This guy can't negotiate a contract fucking save his life. Who fucking knew that before he fucked over Ja Rule and the whole Fire Film Festival thing, he was actually fucking up deals on Dawson's Creek? Wild <laughs> path for that guy, dude, who's now in jail. Yeah, he um, was in the room with Paula Cole just saying things like, and I want to reiterate, this is not fraud. This is definitely not fraud. Dude, so... Guys pa- yeah, Paula Cole just like... I think about hey. it from her perspective. I get it. Her now saying, hey, look, bitch. Kevin Williamson, bud. You want to keep playing my shit on Hulu and Netflix and all that? That's cool. Back up the Brinks, baby. Back up that Brinks truck, bitch. And then he's going... No, I got I got fucking people on Fire Film Festival. <laughs> I'm in jail. I can't. So, anyways, yeah, it, it's just such a letdown that, that kids, is... the kids, dude. I, you know, I feel bad for the kids. Like like all things in life, it's a shame, yeah. and I'm disappointed because now the kids they don't get to experience this on Hulu the way that 
you know, Michelle M., who came on this podcast, experienced it back in the day. And that, I mean, it's also a good tip for the kids is just to always lock up your streaming rights in perpetuity, you know? <laughs> perpetuity, for sure. I love that word. It's always a word I'm like only 60% sure I'm saying correctly. I was about 40 right there. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully it went over. But when you nail it, dude, it's like one of those things you're like, yeah, I got, I got a hard one. Yeah. You know, that one I just I got, got a hard one. But I, w- I will say, <laughs> I had a hard one on how I nailed perpetuity. Definitely good of you to, uh, you know, own that mistake. But obviously, I don't want you to like start pulling any punches. Like if you got a gut instinct about something, right? I want you to just throw it out there as confidently as you ever would. I will. So, I look. No matter how many times I fuck up, like someone, uh, what was it Hank? He called me on the. Uh, I kept calling. Um, um, JLH on our I know what you did last summer uh, mm-hmm. podcast. I kept calling it a mid drift. Oh yeah. In referring to her like t-shirt sitch, but I feel like mid drift just sounds yeah. better to me. I think you did it again. I think it's a mid riff. That's what I'm saying. I kept calling it a mid drift, and it's mid riff. Are you? I thought it was mid drift. It's mid drift. No T. There's a third one? No, no. Let's bring in Whitney. Okay. Hank is saying it's mid-drift. And he's saying that's correct. And yeah. I kept calling it incorrectly a mid-drift. I see. Just, but I'm saying, to your point, I will continue calling that a mid-drift. Yeah, Because exactly. I think it sounds better. It does sound good. To and describe that. also you'll still keep calling people like... Uh, a murderous row instead of a murderous there's row. another one murder <laughs> yeah a murderous row just sounds just a row way that's better. super murderous <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's how it. i think about it dude like god that row is murderous and i will promise to never correct you ever <laughs> on air because well, we our podcast would just be obnoxious i think 50 percent of that is you're just not listening or paying attention when i'm talking <laughs> yeah that's my default <laughs> so all right whitney what is it it's midriff yeah so he's right yeah i'm way wrong Thanks, Hank. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we the, this is why they keep us on our toes. The fans, the kids, they keep us on our toes. So we don't begrudge him for doing that. Okay, are we ready to get into Dawson's Creek Part 4? Yeah. Let's start off with the first scene in this episode. Obviously, it's in the bedroom. Joey's in there in Dawson's bedroom. Lest we forget that they are fresh coming off a night where Dawson essentially professed his love with her without actually saying I love you the night before at the beauty contest. Yeah, she put a dress on. She wore a little bit of foundation. Right. He freaked out. (laughs) He totally freaked out, dude. He totally freaked out. That's the best way to put it. Um, I first wrote, weird move by Joey to even show up that next night. Uh, Yeah, you would think after their, their last encounter, maybe give it a couple days. I mean, just think about it. Because once, once things are aired, they're aired. This is what made me think, like, I had to take a little bit of a pause on Joey for a second. Because, to me, she's my favorite. I love her. But, like, when she showed up, I started to have th- feelings of, like, wait a second. Does she have some serious low self-esteem and she's showing up because she needs the fucking attention? Because... The only way you show up that next night is if you're going like... Reciprocating that love. That is what I initially thought. But then you're not showing up to reciprocate your love. You're just showing up because you want him to keep doing it. 
Yeah, it was a, the the start of this episode was a bad luck for her because like she came in and like you said, you would imagine the next encounter after that is either a let's completely forget it ever happened and and ignore it, or b like she comes in and it's like it's on now, but she comes in she starts giving shit about being predictable. Yeah, and then there's this clip of what she says when there's like all these double entendres of uh, that word I probably butchered, but there's all this like double meaning in what she's talking is that right did yeah, i fuck it up you nailed it there's all this double meaning in what she's talking about like so shakespeare here's what she said this is a great show this is a it's a huge part of the big cliffhanger cliffhanger come on dawson you of all people should know that a cliffhanger is merely a manipulative tv standard designed to improve ratings no a cliffhanger's purpose is to keep people interested keep them guessing what's going to happen in future episodes yeah but just like in our own lives they are so predictable I mean, the producers put the characters in some contrived situation, hoping that the audience will think something's going to change. But you know what? It never does. It's back to the same way it was before your so-called cliffhanger. It's boring, Dawson. Well, what if this time is different? What if this time in the cliffhanger something changes? I mean, you wouldn't want to miss that, would you? Still sounds like one big tease to me, Dawson. She basically came in being like, hey, you know that thing you were saying in the dock like the other night? You want to just run that back? Well, uh, but do you feel the same way? Well, I, I don't know. I just, what I know for sure is that when you put yourself out on the line like you did, uh huh, it made me feel like I had the upper hand for a little bit and that felt good. So let's just do that again. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. Let me just get this straight though. So you want me to just continue building you up and your yeah. low ass no. self esteem up? Yeah, it felt good. Even though this is literally going to go nowhere situation, right? And exactly. you don't feel the same way. No, I. But will. you want me to keep saying it anyways? Yeah, I, I'm going to shoot you down again for sure. Right. That's where I'm like, what? Why is Joey there? Yeah, and, <laughs> well, want a and it was an, an extra why are you there because he's like okay you just like uh, watch a movie you know and she's like we always watch movies intern Whitney let me bring you in here um, you know you told us before we started recording that you guys are reading the love languages books right now been there myself read the book it, it's on our kitchen island we've, That's how we've I not just read it that. yet we own it. We own the book. Own it. I, I've taken the test online, the shortcut. Yes. But so, yeah. reason I bring this up is your second love language. Your first one is right in line with me. Love that. Acts of service. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Second one, words of affirmation. So, my question to you is, knowing that that's in you, have you ever done this with a guy where, like, you were not into him? You knew he was into you, so you just kept hanging around trying to get like because you wanted to keep hearing these things because you liked the attention have you ever done that to a guy absolutely yeah i think oh i thought you're gonna say no 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 i think every girl's done that it's been high school it's been every stage of life i think it's uh you like that external validation uh to what end do you let this guy flap in the breeze like that at what point does it end (laughs) At what point is your words of affirmation like tank filled enough to where you go, okay, I'm done putting him through his misery. Until his soul is wrung out like a dry sponge, probably. At least in my experience. 
Yeah. It's usually I, how it goes. Yeah, because I'm, I'm usually the guy in that scenario. Yeah. Who just, the girl likes the attention, but obviously has no feelings for me. And I cannot emphasize that enough, kids. <laughs> I would say it usually, usually ends when he's no longer content with your arrangement. Oh, um, he bails. Yeah. No, no. Well, he either bails or he tries to force the issue of, okay, so, you know, are you into me? And then Which is fair. Point, which is totally fair, but the, the gig's up then. That's it's why. Jig yeah, then it's like the Which fun's ruined. We'll hear about it. We'll hear about it if, if it's gig or jig. Correct we'll us if it's gig it. or jig. I don't know which one, but I think that's when all parties have to acknowledge what it is. Yeah. And you can no longer play pretend. That's why, to Joey's credit, Dawson is the perfect mark for this because he is never going to escalate it or he, yeah. back down. He's just going to keep. Yeah, keep hammering away. Status quo. Status. He's a he's a status quo guy. We found out this episode that Dawson has a massive issue just explaining what the fuck is on his mind ever and just getting words out. Yeah, like he will let something linger in perpetuity forever, (laughs) like literally forever without ever explaining his thoughts. Yeah. Anyways, um, the the main thing that happens in this episode is we got. A little off-site action happening. We sure did. We're getting out of Dawson's Creek, and we're going to a place where there are no creeks, probably. Prison. Prison. Maybe there's some dirty little creeks. There's probably a creek somewhere. Yeah, they're probably dirty and nasty and filled with heroin needles and dirty prison stuff. Prison creeks. (laughs) (laughs) But, so they go to this prison because... It's Joey's dad's birthday, and she don't want to go by herself to visit her dad. She hates her dad. He's in jail for trafficking marijuana in Oh, yeah. Yeah. You had a good laugh over that. Yeah, it just sounded like, it, listening to it with 2019 ears, she's like, yeah, my dad's a piece of shit. He was sleeping around with my mom, and now he's in jail for trafficking marijuana. <laughs> it's like, he's still in jail? That's insane. I know. I had massive questions with the length of time that Dawson's Creek, the city, how long they make you stay in jail for trafficking marijuana. <laughs> because they were acting like he hadn't seen her since she was like three years old. So are we to believe that he's been in jail for over a decade for selling a little weed in Dawson's Creek? I don't know. He's like Johnny Depp and Blow. He just got caught with an airplane full of like 70 pounds of weed. <laughs> I guess. Over the border. Like, is, is he taking it directly to Pablo Escobar? I don't know. <laughs> Big marijuana trafficker. Um, so anyways, he's still in jail. And guess who she has to go with her? Dawson. Dawson, that little bitch. By the way, I will say definite like, that's why Dawson's in your life. Like, sure, he's annoying. Sure, he laughs through, like, every single sentence that he says in life. But, yeah. like, he's the guy that you call when you don't want to go visit your dad in prison, but you don't want to go by yourself. So, like, yeah, Dawson's coming to prison with you. So, but, like, that's saying, his wheelhouse. Are you saying she calls him because he will say yes, but in reality, the only reason he is saying yes is because he's a narcissistic piece of shit and he just knows cool, I have you trapped so I can talk about myself for four hours now? Exactly. Yeah. Because I don't think he's doing it for her. Yeah, because obviously, like, in terms of activities, you want to spend, like, a like a Saturday doing, getting on a bus and going four hours upstate to prison is not ideal. 
But I feel like if you're like, if you call Dawson and they're like, hey, we're going to be together like on a bus, you can talk about yourself. And then like, it's probably about a six hour drive. And then afterwards, we're just going to lay in a big pit of scorpions. Let them sting us. Okay, but hold on, real quick. I I got I got the shitty things you said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like seeing your dad, your, your dad who hasn't seen you in like over a decade, and you have a whole, whole bunch of emotional baggage with all that and everything, right. and and obviously like the scorpions that would suck and a lot know. of scorpions. Yeah, but the the thing I did hear in there that piqued my interest a little bit. Um, if you could just rewind, you said there's a a six hour car ride mm-hmm. together. Yep. Where you're trapped with me. And I essentially don't have to do anything in terms of like getting emotional or like talking about feelings, but I do just get to talk about myself the whole time. But as much as you want. Yeah, I'm in. All right, cool. I'm in. Let's do it. Because <laughs> I'm counting the six hour drive back too. So it's essentially yeah, oh, yeah. 12 hours. Um, so they go and did a classic teen trope that we love. Guess who gets there? About a minute after visiting hours end. Dawson and Joey. And what do we got? A fucking classic road is washed out situation. A road is washed out situation is what we have on our hands. And we call it that because in the OC, that's where it started, where there's a washed out road. So what always happens is when you have a fortuitous trap situation, it always leads to a forced motel overnight Yep. Trap. And One Tree Hill, the bridge was closed. Yep. That's a road washed out situation. Yep. I feel like maybe in Friday Night Lights, a car breaks down. There's got to be some broken Something down like cars in Friday Night Lights. Either way, we're trapped. We're trapped. We're and sleeping in a motel. This seems like the perfect time to get into like, hey, Joey, Dawson, time to, time to get those feelings out, bud. There's... Throughout this episode, there's like three to four distinct teases where you're like, well, clearly in the past couple episodes, Joey lays it all out on the line to Dawson. Dawson, at a certain point, lays it all on the line to Joey. It's very much in the air that they both have feelings for each other. Mm -hmm. And they just keep getting in these situations like, is it on now? Is it finally on? Is it? Is it on? And it's never on. But you know what's funny about that is, you know... Our favorite thing in these teen shows is that moment where we are saying to each other based on a look or a moment or whatever, we're going like, is it on right now? Yeah. That felt like it's on right now. And the thing that sucks about this show is with the exception of fucking Pacey, no one in this cast has given me that fucking feeling. No, because it, as we know, it takes two to tango. And in any of these situations, like they get in the hotel room and Dawson's like, oh, this is kind of cool. And he's like sitting up trying to like, what do you want to watch on TV? Let's hang out. This is kind of cool. And she's like, oh, I'm tired. I'm just going to go to bed. She's giving him nothing at all. And so it would have been weird if he were to like start making advances because he's getting stonewalled at this point. I know. but If like, she gave him anything, then it could have potentially been on. But here's where I come down on it is like. Was Summer giving Seth anything to fucking go on, dude? No. And he kept giving us those moments of, is it on right now? Yeah, Dawson did nothing to press the issue. I would say it it does take two to tango. Nobody's tangoing in this movie. No one is tangoing. They, they, the show is making us feel like it. They're giving us that feeling of it's on right now. But then I'm not feeling it. They're doing it poorly. 
And this is what I've heard about the show is like season one, it's a slow build in season two and beyond it. Like all these characters really start to develop and all this stuff. But I really think season one, it's just, it wasn't totally there. I'd like to look back at like the ratings on this show. My guess, unlike the OC, is that it, it didn't really pop until like season two, three, four. A slow builder. Yeah. Um, so anyways, she goes and sees her dad. There was some stuff there like Dawson, he gets into this like whole thing where he essentially tells her dad after she leaves. His dad can tell Dawson's in love with his Yeah, daughter. because Joey doesn't basically walks out of the room while she's talking to the dad. And uh, Dawson stays, and he's basically like, well, tell me about my daughter. And he goes on this whole spiel where it's like, clearly he's obsessed with her. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the, he's he goes into this whole long diatribe. Who cares? Whatever. Dawson rambling is like my least favorite thing in the world. But what's interesting is that after the jail visit, Joey is like out on the docks, ready to fucking row away. Oh, by the way... We were totally right. We said in this finale, last podcast, we said what's going to happen? Joey's going to have to fucking leave. Got to get out. Got to get out. And then what totally happened in this finale episode out of fucking nowhere? Opportunity to go to France. (laughs) Opportunity to go to France. Not only is she leaving like Dawson's Creek, she's leaving the country to do a study abroad program as a 15-year-old. Sounds awesome. Wow, that high school. Why again, why is she trying to leave so bad? This town is just hooking you up with like free study abroad for three months? Dude, I mean I wouldn't kick a gift horse in the mouth. And Joey's like kicking the DC gift horse right in the mouth. And I don't like it. It it like becomes a very big deal where Dawson obviously kind of a selfish piece of shit is like really hinting that he does not want Joey to go to Paris. Perfect lead-in. And it leads to this clip of Joey saying this. What is the answer, Dawson? Why don't you give me one good reason why I should stay? Give me one non-analytical, off-the-top-of-your-head reason why I should stay. Classic Dawson bitch out. Fucking pussy, dude. Dude, the fact that there is no kiss there will haunt me to my dying day. Look, I know that when we were like 15, I mean, we probably would have butchered that too. Oh, yeah. But... Fumbled it so... Boshed it hard. So hard. But like watching it in our 30s, it's like, dude, Dawson, it's so on. Like, dude... She is staring at you with these shit. By the way, Katie Holmes, great eyes. Great big eyes. Yeah. Love her eyes. She's staring at you with these huge eyes, shrugging her ass off. Doing dude. a lot of shrugging. I mean, we at one point we we said like we need to do a drinking game and just drink every time Joey, the actress Katie Holmes, shrugs because we would be blacked out in ten minutes. But um She's looking at you with these eyes, yelling, give me one reason to stay, like, five inches from your fucking face, dude. And it's like, D- 
Dawson, bitch. Dude. What more do you fucking need, guy? Dude. She wants it. Yeah, it, it's br- <laughs> it's brutal to watch. <laughs> Just sitting here thinking about how much I fucking hate Dawson. It's to the point where I think I was yelling at him to jump in the creek. Yeah. Because she gets in the boat after he completely <laughs> chickens out and rows away. And at that point, like, fucking dive in after her. It's your creek. Get, like, yeah, you said. Because like, I, want, I wanted their first kiss to be wet. You know, and it would have been Dude, the perfect moment same. for him to just dive in the creek. He's sopping wet. God. Like she tips out of the boat. They're both in the creek. They're wet. And then you kiss. I love that. I fucking love that. We're going to go this whole first season without having one wet kiss. I mean, again, talk about just a shame. It's just a real shame, dude. We, we deserve more. Like all the kisses in this first season were so fucking dry. Yeah. Bone dry, dude. So, this is a perfect time to get into who is a character who fucking makes me feel right and good. And and I thought he got jobbed in this finale episode, dude. Pacey essentially had like one or two scenes max in this entire finale. Yeah, really underutilized. Bullshit. So, he got one scene and totally delivered, dude. I mean, you, you want to talk about where I did feel a little connection? I feel... Feel it between Pacey and Joey, dude. Like they so got spark. Th- there's this moment where like they're both bonding because Pacey has a fucked up family and she has a fucked up family, and they're bonding about like how messed up their dads are and all this stuff. She's talking about her dad in prison. He's talking about his dad just being a piece of shit or Little whatever. Dad talk. Dad talk. And they they had this awesome heart to heart. I'm just gonna play a little of it. Here it is. I just got back from visiting my dad. How'd it go? Fathers are weird creatures, you know that? When I was eight years old, I used to play peewee baseball. We had this huge game at the end of the season. It was two outs, bottom of the ninth, and I was up to bat, and I struck out. Anyhow, we get home, and my dad just proceeds to ream me, tell me what a loser I am, and... What a disgrace I am to the whole family in town for losing the game. Next morning, I go down to breakfast, and I overhear my dad relaying the events of the game to my brother. And I heard him say to him, at least I have you. (laughs) I I never told anybody this, but I wish I never heard him say that. Maybe you should have a talk with your father. You know, tell him that he hurt you. Is that what you did? No. Reason I want to play this is because this to me is like giving us a preview of probably what's to come in season two, which is also what we fucking predicted last week. So we're two for two on predictions. Is that her and Pacey, dude? They got they got something. There's something there. Like they are they're connecting way more than I feel like her and Dawson are. Yeah. By the way, the story that Pacey tells about his dad with the baseball game is like some probably one of the more dark things I've heard on a teen drama. It's pretty that dad just living with that dad would be the weirdest thing. I get the like the dad who like in his heart he wants what's best for his kid. Intern Whitney, we even talked about that with your dad, like crazy coach situation. I get that dad. My dad was a lot like that, like the just. He's crazy, but at the end of the day, you know he's doing it 
for because he wants you to succeed. The fucked up part about that story was the follow up the next day from the dad. Yeah, with the brother. With the brother that. At least he, I have you. <laughs> yeah, like that was the part where it's like, mm, yeah. Now we're getting into some weird territory, <laughs> like weird. Um, but so then what happens is is we have our second fortuitous trap situation because then they go back to the prison, and now fucking Joey in this finale has fortuitously trapped two guys on a long road trip, taking them all to prison, taking them all to prison. And you loved that when they get to the jail, um, it's after hours once again. I right. mean, can she do it? I yeah. mean, can she just call the jail before she makes the trip? Someone get Joey a watch because she has no idea how to tell time. And here's the thing in the first thing, when she goes with Dawson, they show up at like seemingly like four or five in the afternoon, visiting hours are over. <laughs> she comes back, I guess, later that night or the next no, night, the next day. With Pacey, and at this point it's like 9.30 p.m. Guess what? Visiting hours, they're still over. But you know what? We lucked out, dude. You know Pacey's in the mix. (laughs) He's a man of action. He's a problem solver. Unlike Dawson, who's a little fucking little-dicked bitch. (laughs) Then not to solve problems to save his life. Pacey is a man, and he solves problems. He pulls the prison guard aside. Yep. Basically just slips him a 20. Yep. All cool-like. Yeah, like, that's the thing. If you're, a, like, a prison guard, you take bribes. I would. Like, you don't work at a jail in that role and, like, turn your nose up at a $20 bribe. Look, it's 98, dude. He's probably pulling in, like, 38 k a year max. Give him that cash. You're gonna take a fucking 20 spot. And, like, when I was watching that scene, obviously it takes a shitload of confidence to bribe someone like that. Yeah. Pacey's got that confidence in spades. Mm-hmm. I decided, like... It's a bucket list goal of mine because watching that happen, I was just like, I don't fucking think I got that in me. But to one day be able to pull off that bribe, because like, I can't imagine that situation happening any other way. But like, you <laughs> like awkwardly try to hand somebody money and you botch it somehow, and they're confused slash offended, and they're like, "What? No, now you're in jail." That's why it's like the ultimate. Like that's against the law. You're now yeah. in jail, and I can't like the feeling if I was like, "All right." Hold on, Whitney. I got this. I got this situation figured. Step out. away, me, honey. Me, honey. Hold on, hold on. Let me talk to him. Whitney. I'll, I'll, step away. I'll talk to the guy. Real He's quick. got this. Hold on. Let, let me talk. Your let me talk man this handle this, Whitney. Step Jeez. away. Can I talk to you over here, sir? <laughs> just, just me and you. And I like slip him some money. And he oh. takes it, and he's like, all right, right this way, sir. The feeling of jubilation that would pour over my body Relief. after a bribe actually worked would be the best. Whitney, that would be pinnacle of my life. If Pat successfully pulled off a bribe like that, because you're probably thinking the same thing as me. Not a bribe guy. Not a bribe guy, and he is. this is going to crash and burn so bad, it's going to be the most embarrassing moment of both of your lives, and your stomach's going to be hurt so hard watching him fail, and then he's also going to be locked in jail what if he pulls that off how much out of 10 are you on pat your husband what's happening at the motel after the road gets washed out oh my out? god uh i mean the fantasy world in which this exists <laughs> I mean, I don't, yeah I, it's so far from right let's just I say imagine, let's just yeah. say like fantasy you know yeah comes to fruition coming through and being resourceful definitely 
10 out of 10 on my list, no matter how you get it done. I mean, you okay. guys are having sex in that she hotel. She just wants the job to get done. <laughs> I, think, I think now and that And I... she's an acts of service yeah. kind of gal. The ultimate there you go. Of service. Oh my God. Go. I feel like I'm, now that I have my eyes peeled for potential bribe situations, Start I'm going to be on the lookout. Like, yeah, I'll be at Chipotle and uh, it'll be kind of getting late and they'll be like, sorry, sir, we're out of chicken. I'm going to be like, are you? Are step, you? Are you out of chicken? Hey, let me step behind the counter a little. Can we just talk over here? Oh God, yeah. And then just you that Chipotle, and, and I'll burrito? slip. Yeah, and I'll slip them like twenty, and they'll be like, "All right, we can throw a couple birds on, sir." <laughs> <laughs> wow, well, yeah. You know what, sir? There are a couple birds right in the back that I just remembered we had. Let me grill them up, cut them up, and put them on your wife's burrito. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of these days I'm gonna be a bribe guy. No, it's a good bucket list thing because, yeah, to the, I think what it really speaks to is the confidence ledge that you are stepping onto in a bribe moment is unparalleled. It is like yeah. you have to be so comfortable, confident, and I just, I'll never have it that to that extent because it's, it's a whole different level. Of how bad it could I'm go. I'm very, for I'm very fuzzy on the details of this story. I don't remember. I know it was like a bachelor party situation. I don't even remember what city we were at, <clears throat> but we were with like a group of 15 dudes, and we were going to a strip club. Mm. Somebody in our group was a bribe guy. In the Uber, when we were like on the way, I don't know if we were in a party bus or something. He goes, "Hey, can I get, uh, can I get 10 bucks from everybody?" And we're like, what? I thought there was like a, a cover and he's like, just give me t- just give me 10 bucks. And like, so we all just shelled out money. And when we got to the place, he went up and talked to the bouncer and slipped him all of this money. And what did it get us? Uh, like we didn't have to wait in the line and all this shit. And he got some kind of a discounted price. I am. Either way. I don't remember that. I don't, I don't even know if that happened. It definitely happened. Well, maybe you just saw it. We probably took a couple different Ubers. Maybe. Either way, I saw it happen, and I was like, "That guy's a bribe guy. He knows. He knows. Like he knows the inner workings of the the seedy underworld." The difficult part about that is, like, to me, the way you're describing that story, it's airing more on the side of bribe guys are actually huge douchebags too. Yeah. So like, but yes. that does Pacey is cool, dude. Yeah, but you got to be a little greasy, dude. You're saying, so by your story, you're saying Pacey's got a little douche in him. And he's like a strip club guy, and I don't like that. No, he's just a little grimy. <sighs> you it. gotta be a little grimy to bribe a prison guard, dude. Dude, I looked at it like he was just the man. Like, I like, <laughs> I like viewing it. Yeah, in. he's also great. Okay, he's also here's, here's what it boils down to, and we'll move on after this. I like looking at it like Pacey's like bribing the Chipotle guy for a little extra chicken for his wife. Well, that's going to be my <laughs> In the burrito. That's gonna be I don't mode. like looking at it like a bribe guy is like bribing a bouncer at a strip club so that you get two extra like 20 second stints that's on where a lot dance. of bribes go down with the doorman at a club I know. like you gotta bribe the dorm like if you went to a club in new york city and you were trying to get like 20 bros in you would have to fucking bribe the bouncer to let you and your 20 bros and no checks in i'm gonna be, you'd have to like be that guy who knew how to go up and talk to him where i'd be like here's the money can we come in for free I know what I'm going to do though in my head because I choose to do this. I'm just going to, in my head, I'm going to keep Pacey as the bribe guy, like the naive bribe guy. Okay. You know, like he's only bribing for good. You know, it's for this girl who's trying to see her, her long lost dad in prison and to just like give the guy, give her dad peace of mind or whatever. 
I'm not looking at it like Pacey's like getting dudes to go to a strip club and all that shit. That's just me. That's how I want to do it. Um, okay, so then now we are going to go on a little run here of a lot of music because we went on a fucking tour de force of music hits happening yeah, in the final 20 minutes ever. And we're... I want to start out is with a little Sarah Mugluck. Spend all your time waiting for that second chance for a break that would make it okay. This makes you think of sad animals just a little bit. So, yes, we should say first and foremost that this song has essentially been fucking ruined by that sad dog adoption. All you can think of is that shaky dog, man, when you hear the song. And what sucks about that is like now, so now whenever I hear that, I just think of a dog with one eye staring at the camera, like just looking for fucking love from like anyone. And it sucks because... This song, in this scene, dude, it's so awesome. And I was thinking when they play it in this scene, it's Joey outside and there's a chain link fence separating her and her dad in prison. And I have never seen any episodes of Dawson's Creek before this, dude. I've never seen an episode. Yet this is the this song playing in this scene is the only scene that like I feel I've seen before. So somewhere on YouTube or something, I've somehow seen this clip. Just one of the scenes that transcends the show? Yeah. And I loved it, dude. I fucking loved it. I actually wish this song was playing more in the scene because half of the scene, they weren't playing it. But like, what a moment but between her and her dad. Like they, they intertwine fingers in between the chain link fence. They sure did. As he has one tear coming down, dude. It reminded me of fucking Denzel Washington and Glory, dude. Oscar winner for that move. Just the one tear coming Single down the tear. cheek. Can't beat it. Fucking unreal. Um. Okay. Do you want to just go right into the next song? Because I got there's two more songs. Let it roll. So then this next song hits like immediately after, and it's like boom, hit another fucking classic. different vibe here yeah i'll gladly explain this because as we bring up in all of these shows this is our least favorite moment when this shit happens least favorite moment we've been calling it situational irony i don't know if that's the exact term used but it works yeah we, we need to settle on a term because we we also f- floated around like coincidental iron like coincident i know that's kind let's of let's go with situational irony thing. I think you guys made that up on an episode. No, we Situational did. is a real thing. Situational irony? Yeah. Like a... Well, that's why you get paid no money. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
shitty, it's <laughs> shitty situational irony. Dawson fucking sucks. Back at his room, yeah. Joey goes on the trip with Pacey to go see her dad, have a growth moment, connect with him. Dawson's just in her room, and uh, Jen comes and basically is real sad because of her grandpa. Just and the, the and for to take a step back too, because who cares about Jen with her grandparents? Right. The main thing is that Joey somehow found like realized in the moment of talking to her dad because her dad's like that dawson loves you yeah don't weird. don't mess that up okay. anyways jen comes over to dawson's house at night she's like hey i'm sad can we just like can i just sleep in your bed as friends and he's like fucking okay i'm gonna say no to that so she sleeps over Nothing happens between them. Nope. They wake up in the morning as Joey's running up the dock. To profess her love to Dawson. Just like, she's climbing up the ladder, and it's just like, oh, fucking Jen just showed up to sleep in the bed. So Jen's in the bed, and it looks like they're making out, and Joey's like, immediately turns around. No explanation is offered, and she just fucking starts traveling throughout the city. She's on a mobile brood. There's three things about this scene. One, situational irony is fucking insane in these shows. It'll never, it'll never stop being horrible to me. Like, Joey, hang for a second and get the context on that situation. Get any context. Any context. That is a 15 second explanation from Dawson. And then it's all water under the bridge. Like, blows my mind. Second thing is, Whitney, you mentioned... Bad moment for Jen. Oh, yeah. Like, worst moment. And I agreed with you because... She's already in the dumps. Yeah, you, <laughs> your grandpa just dies, and that's a bad look. You know, another girl shows up, and you're just there yeah. with her guy. Well, and, and you're looking to be comforted by somebody who supposedly you have, like, a strong relationship with, and as soon as someone else comes in, he's like, well, see... I gotta go. He's just like, ew! Yeah. Get, right. get off of me. God. She's fucking good. He physically like, yeah. reject her and try to push her away, but then he just leaves totally. And so, yeah, you're kind of like, well. It's, uh, I think, would you say pathetic? I'd say accurate, though, as to how like a 15 year old guy would be. Totally. I'm saying yeah. it sounds harsh when I say Jen is pathetic in that moment, but I, what I'm meaning is that, like, if you're Jen in that moment, if I'm Jen in that moment, mm-hmm. it's the most like worthless, pathetic feeling you can physically have. Oh yeah. Like another guy who you are putting yourself, we talk about putting yourself out on the ledge and then like you're looking for anything back. And in that moment when you're looking for something back, he just like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> get away. I'm into this other girl. It's like, wow, I'm pathetic as fuck. Yeah, lonely. I think lonely. Yeah, lonely's less harsh. That's probably yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and then the third thing that I want to say about this, and sorry, Whitney, another another thing to you. Sure. What was up with the dad in that moment at the jail? Yeah, real strange. Uh, I don't think I could ever see my dad entrusting me to like. Well, I can't be there, so. This 15-year-old boy would like to take care of you. <laughs> I don't think... Uh, yeah. That's not a typical conversation. No, my dad wasn't incarcerated, so maybe it's a little different. But I, I, yeah, that was not very believable. It was weird because we loved Joey's dad in that moment so much. And they had a great connect. Sarah McLaughlin's fucking playing. We're feeling it. And then, like, a weird moment at the end, he just, like, 
floats in there like, oh, by the way, even though like we clearly have a lot of baggage to discuss because I'm in jail for marijuana trafficking and not raising my daughter. Um, hey, look, Joey, Dawson loves you. I can see it in his eyes. It's like, what? So to intern Whitney's point, it's like, no dad would ever do that. Yeah. In that moment of like, no dad would ever be like, oh, by the way, daughter, suck this guy's cock. Well, now you're going that I'm far. Exaggerating. I'm it's exaggerating. just like, I'm do you remember being 15 and how insignificant anyone thought your relationships were? Like, oh, I mean, I, um, yeah. I remember because a big reason why my first real girlfriend of all time break, broke up with me was because her dad was constantly peddling the fact that it's just never gonna work out. You guys are you guys are eighteen. He's a year older off of college. You're here. It's never gonna work out. You need to break up. Yeah. So that nice is agreeing with your point. <laughs> Most dads are trying to just get their daughters to not date guys. Shout out that dad. Shout out that dad <laughs> on aiding in the inevitable, <laughs> the inevitable breakup. Um, anyways, so those three things jumped out at me, um, crazy stuff. And then the last one, we're, we're talking tour de force in, in terms of a song breakdown here. We have our fucking another great song. I don't know what it's called, it's just God bless God bless the broken rug. Let me stand here. Fun fact intern uh, Whitney sung that song at her cousin's wedding. What? Yeah. You're a singer? He's okay. Do you sing a little bit? He's got hidden talents. Hell no. Will you sing God Bless a Broken Road? <laughs> no. Just that part? I'm trying to see who. We'll, we'll, how about we all three sing it? Yeah. <laughs> no. On like three. On three. Whitney, get closer no. to the microphone. And a one. And a two. And a three. No, and a God bless the broken road. Let the me stray to you. Intern, would you sing at a wedding and you won't sing on this fucking vicarious living podcast for the kids? You guys have such a large listener base. I I don't feel comfortable. That's how you get out of it, dude. Praise (laughs) us. Praise us on our growing fucking viewership, listenership. Okay, should we move on? Sure. Oh, anyways, the song is playing when... Dawson is going on a hunt. Dude, he is stalking the city looking for. Oh my god, is he stalking the fucking city, dude? And unfortunately for him, she's like on a mobile brood. Oh yeah. She didn't find her one spot and just sit there and brood where he knows how to find her. She's like on a fucking bench brooding and then she like walks across the city and she's brooding there and he's hot on her trail, but they could have changed this fucking song to God bless the brooding road. <laughs> that did not lead me straight to you. Uh, we did point out there was like an awesome shot. He's like, basically, he's searching for her so hard. It's, um, have you seen the movie? Um, oh, it's going to kill Crazy Heart. No, 
That's on my list. I need to see that. It's an it's an awesome movie. Uh, uh, I've actually I've seen like half of it. It's with Colin Farrell and Jeff uh, Bridges. Yeah, yeah. And he's like an old dying out country singer. And 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 Colin Farrell's like the new hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, except for the fact that Maggie Gyllenhaal's in it. It's a great movie. <laughs> Hater. Hater. <laughs> and, uh, but anyways, it was reminding me. There's, there's a scene like he's a he's an alcoholic country singer. And he's like things are going really well with him and his girl, and uh, she he's hanging out with uh, the girl's son, and he like takes the son to the mall or whatever, and she's letting him be kind of like a father figure in life. Anyways, he decides to have a couple beers at the mall, loses track of the son, and there's this frantic moment where he fucking is just wandering around this mall, searching desperately for the kid that he lost, and there's this shot, this classic shot that happens in this. Where the camera's down a little low yeah. and it's just doing circles around the yeah. character as they're frantically spinning around looking. Yeah. And they did that with Dawson. You and know, I just, it, it always gets me. It's a great shot. I love the shot. It's also famous in the movie Vanilla Sky. Yeah. Except it's in Times Square. Yep. That's and, a good place to do that shot. Yeah. It's so cool because I don't know how they did this because I don't. I don't know how you digitally remove because you know Vanilla Sky came out in like two thousand one, so uh, Times Square is always riddled with people no matter what time of day you go. So it's hard to think about how they did that digitally. Maybe they did, but I honestly feel like they might have shut, shut it, down. it down. Dude, yeah. you got Tom Cruise in the movie, you Fuck. can shut down New York City, bro. But they did the same it's thing Tom that Cruise. that low angle camera shot, a little lower. And you're kind of panning up, doing a 360 around their body as they frantically are spinning. And you're just getting all the buildings, though, in New York City. And it was... Fucking love that movie. Um, real quick, so we can explain some context just very, very quickly on why I hate Maggie Gyllenhaal. Yeah, tell it. Let the world know who Maggie Gyllenhaal really is. She's a fucking bitch. Maggie Gyllenhaal's a fucking bitch. I... We were in Barcelona in 2008. Was there with my family. We had an insane upgrade situation in the hotel room. My dad was there for work. We crazy upgrade because like they lost his reservation and it was one of those insane updates that, upgrades that's just like, "Hey, this never happens in life, but what we're going to do because we're all booked up, the only rooms we have available, penthouse suites." Nice. We're just going to give you a free penthouse suite. The D's in the penthouse. <laughs> so, anyways, crazy situation. We get fucking upgraded. And this penthouse in Barcelona is like the most insane penthouse. It's got multiple levels in the hotel room. There's stairs in the hotel room. That's messed up. So, anyways, point is this. The Dark night had its movie premiere and I've seen that movie <laughs> and in Barcelona because they're trying to you know get get all the overseas crowd and all that stuff and so we are literally in a penthouse adjacent to Christian Bale fucking Maggie Gyllenhaal like all their rooms are on the same floor as us because their premiere they got hotels in all these penthouses in the same fucking hotel in that week so Met Aaron Eckert, a.k.a. Two-Face. Got a picture with him. Cool guy. Cool as fuck. Met Christopher Nolan, super tall in real life. Cool guy. Cool as fuck. He's like 6'4". Damn. Met Christian Bale. No big deal. Damn. 
then met Maggie fucking Gyllenhaal. And... Cool guy? Not cool guy. We said, we were like, oh, can we get a picture really quick? And no one else was around. And we were, you know, in our teens. Me and my sisters were like a bunch of teens. Like, hey, can we get a picture really quick? And she just said, maybe next time, you guys. And I was just thinking like, what next time? <laughs> it's going to be no next time. When will that be, Maggie? Oh, Jill next time we're in Barcelona and we get upgraded <laughs> to this sick ass private hotel room. Or but next time we're in LA, like. Do you think she just felt like she was like looking bad that day? She always looks bad. I know <laughs> that's your opinion. That's your opinion. No, that that's two podcaster I, opinions. I don't think she's very attractive. Probably because I hate her. But if like you're having it, like I can just imagine me being like on my way back up after a long day to my hotel room, looking like shit. Couple and teens, wanted, couple like, innocent young teens trying to take my picture. I don't know. I might not be as willing either. But she is a public figure, so maybe she's supposed to be taking pics with everybody. Look, we're not looking for reason and, and <laughs> rationale here. You're gonna hang we want to just hate her. I want to hate her forever. Okay. I fair. want. I want to hold on to this hate. So when Pat's <laughs> talking about a story about Crazy Heart, uh, and he just briefly mentions that Maggie Gyllenhaal's in it. The rage just that, bubbles up. That again. vitriol, yeah, it <laughs> it comes right to the surface without even thinking. I don't want to think about her as a human being. <laughs> nah. So, anyways, yeah, that was my uh, not-so-quick story about Maggie Gyllenhaal, but... Um, not a friend of the pod. Okay, but I did like your point, though. Joey took her brooding mobile. Oh, yeah. And it, I, She's on the run. Can we say it's the first time we saw a mobile brood? I'd say. I mean, because usually, with a brood... You kind of post up. You're kind of hunkering down. Mm-hmm. Posting up, hunkering down. You find a lifeguard stand. You find... You're Tim Riggins and you just go out into like a vast nothingness and you just kind of like sit there on your in your truck bed. Yeah, maybe start hitting some beer cans at the golf club. Who did we decide was the brooder in One Tree Hill? Uh, Lucas. That sucks. I know. Damn it. Where'd he brood? Did he have a spot? The oh, the River Court. River Court, yeah. So this is the first time we saw someone get mobile with it. Kind of liked it, dude. She was brooding, she was brooding on the docks. She got up from there, brooded uh, at a par- on a park bench. Dude, if this was 2019, she'd be on a bird, brooding. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. She'd be, she'd be just like, they'd show her going from spot to spot on her bird, brooding as she rides. Um, Dawson does eventually find her. She's hiding in his closet in his room. Yeah, that's... So she wants to be found at a certain point. Yeah. And then there's a seemingly hour and a half long exchange that these two have. Yes. Where we're just like a kiss is just it just has to happen at this point because it's like where else are you going to go from here? Okay. So let then as you're getting into it I'll just that that's where the last and final MCITW of the Dawson's Creek four part podcast is going. And it's going to fucking Dawson himself, dude. I, I I felt like I would be doing the show a disservice, a little on this very podcast studio, right? If I didn't give the final one to fucking Dawson Leary, four for four, three of four, three of four. I forget who got it in the first one, but somehow Dawson didn't get it in the first one. Oh yeah, I went to Dawson's dad. 
So I kept it in the family. <laughs> it Dude. stayed in the Leary family for all four. Do you know what I think you did on that? I think you said, I'm going to try and, as like a like a acrobatic feat, I'm going to try not to give it to Dawson ever. I know. And then you just gave it to him. <laughs> Here's the thing. Like, I just... I, cu- I couldn't help it. it yeah. It's just... I, because I actually... I could have... I, honestly, I could have given Jen one because she was pretty relentless and brutal. And maybe Jen's grandparents because they sucked. But like, at the end R. of the R. day... R.I.P. Jen's grandpa. <laughs> yeah, he died in this one. Sorry, dude. Um, so, anyways, Dawson. This last one. It goes to you, guy. And that is the end. C I T W. That is the Maurice Cooper is the worst of the week. And that is brought to you by our fine, fine sponsor. Sorry to get to you so late on this last Dawson's Creek podcast. W I C K L O W. Where be free and explore. Get all your outdoor gear at wickedware.com. Type in the promo code VL. Check out 10% off of your order. $30 of the baseball team. $20 on a thanks to them. $40 on the Henley sweatshirts. Get our swag kits. It goes to fucking Dawson for this final scene. And you know why, dude? Why? It's because both you and I, we're teen podcasters. Yeah. We do this shit for a living, dude. It's all we do. It. We live, this breathe, is how we pay sleep, the bills. eat, pay bills, because we analyze the teens for a fucking living. And it's all due to our fine sponsors who pay us to do this shit for a living. We're blessed. We're hashtag blessed. And what's fucked up is that as much love as we have for these fucking teens. This has been building for 13 episodes, dude. The will they, won't they get together finally between Dawson and Joey has been building and building about as much as I've been building this MCITW right now. (laughs) And how big of a fucking letdown was the final scene of this show? It was so flat. Oh my God. There... Like, Dawson just, he won't just stop talking about his feelings. It was the most drawn-out lead-in to a first kiss, let alone the 13 episodes. But just in this one very episode, that scene in their bedroom, the final scene where they kiss for the first time, how long did that draw out? It was brutal. Like they Five kept, minutes? They kept going back to this weird thing about honesty. Do you remember any of that? All I know is when we were watching in real time... There was a moment about four minutes into them talking like three inches away from each other's face where both you and I looked at each other and and simply asked, what is happening here? Like, are they going to do this? Like, do you know what? We were confused. It was so long and drawn out that in my mind, like the only way that these two were ever going to kiss is if that fucking crab from Little Mermaid started singing and made it happen. Like intern Whitney? <laughs> intern Whitney, can you sing Go On and Kiss the Girl from Little Mermaid? Like the crab. Like the crab. Nope. In the willows, and they're on the boat, you know what we're talking about? I'm She's, she'll wait to sing it at a wedding. She's not going to do it here. Yeah, we'll, we'll get her professionally recorded and we'll dub <laughs> it in right here. Yeah. But yeah, you like, right? You needed, you needed that fucking crab basically to force the, the two faces together for a kiss because they're just talking about nonsense. I've never had a limper dick during a final kiss. Yeah, it was brutal. Um, 
sucked. It reminded me of like when we try to do like an improv, like an act out thing. And we don't really know what to say, so we just kind of re- keep repeating the same thing over and over. Oh my god, were they repetitive in that final scene? God, were they repetitive. Yeah, it's a lot like that. And even his first kiss technique was so horrible. Yeah, he came in and like double clutched and like weirdly licked his lips. There's no, there's zero passion. Passion was at a zero. It was, it was like, to your point about the acting class, it was like someone in an acting class who was doing their first ever kiss on screen and like trying to look all sexual and hot and like, oh man, this is the big moment. I got to nail this. And, and it's like, I just kept thinking like, dude, Dawson, have you ever kissed a girl? No, not Dawson. JVDB. JVDB. Have you ever kissed a girl? It's like... They, they did this, the kiss should have been a kiss that two people have known like each other their whole lives and have been thinking about this moment for the past 15 straight years. Yeah, crazy chemistry and just crazy like chemistry. make out crazy, but real sexual just and sensual. The tension released, it was like the kiss caused more tension in my mind. So what sucks is like... And then like as soon as it was done, it was like... They both pulled away, and they're like, well, should we talk about what just happened? No, that was the beginning of season two. Oh, it was? Yeah. Well, that happened. Season, <laughs> yeah, like, it did oh happen God. that way. Because season this one. this is brutal. You're still drawing this out? Season one did just end where it cuts to credits as they're kissing. And then, yeah, the beginning of season two, they pull back, and it, like, is a carryover on that kiss. And it's like, shit, what's going on? It's like, yeah, thank Dawson God. Dawson keeps talking about his feelings. Dawson is such a girl. He just doesn't exist. Like, that that person doesn't exist in real life. Dawson does not exist, and the only time I've really seen it exist is, like, girls doing it to guys. But, like, wanting to yeah, talk like more if about you, feelings and stuff. Like, if you connect on that kiss, it's like victory. You're on top of the mountain. Like, you did it. It's time for celebration and some more kissing. You celebrate by doing some more kissing. Uh-huh. He pulls back and he's like, what are we doing here? Like, Dude, don't... Fuck? Yeah. God, Dawson doesn't exist. I, that's my biggest learning. Honestly, if I have to give one one key takeaway or learning from Dawson's Creek season one, is that Dawson Leary does not exist in real life. He's the most narcissistic. Final thoughts on Dawson. He is Kill the him, most dude. bury him. He is the most narcissistic, self-absorbed airhead who has no like self-awareness he has no awareness of other human beings i just you're either a robot or you're dawson leary he sucks or or whatever you're a robot and you're dawson leary whatever dude dawson robot you're dawson robot dude maybe that's why i never jumped in the creek to get wet because his parts would rust yeah yeah that makes sense i just watched terminator and which one the first i'd never seen it where he's a bad guy yep so i i just have like robots on my mind and stuff a lot but dude, i always have robots on my mind <laughs> welcome to my world all right dude who's your mvp i think i'm giving it to pacey he wasn't was this a series mvp or a show because he was this is yeah a show. okay because uh, he wasn't really in this finale that much yeah and it, and this was tough because like this whole episode like honestly the finale eh Left me wanting a little bit more. I got And that s- might just because we've only watched four and I just kind of want to watch more now. 
No, but I've watched he, the whole thing. You can't give it. To, <laughs> <laughs> you can't give it to Dawson for obvious reasons. Uh, I you can't really give it to Joey that much either because like if you're Joey, just go to France and ditch this nerd. Right. <laughs> I know, yeah. God, you can't he's... give it to Jen because she had one of the worst shows ever. Yeah, no, I, I think Jen I was and tempted... Dawson are out. Yeah. I was... So to me, it's between MVP season, it's got to go Joey Joey or, Do- or uh, Pacey. Yeah, I'm giving it to him. He had the, the bribery moment, which full on props to him. Uh, and he also had the opening up about his dad moment because I feel like we're starting to see... Of all these characters, he's got the most layers to peel back. Oh, yes, he does. And that's why I think we love him the most is because, goddamn, there's some layers. I mean, we didn't even get all of the shit going on with his parents. We didn't even need to tap into that. We never even met his parents. I mean, that's how many layers this guy has. Is that He's taken us on an onion-peeling layer journey, and we haven't even gotten to, like, 80% of those onion layers on him. I mean, fuck. And... I actually think when this show started, I feel like it was Joey and Dawson were the two main yeah. and people. I, I feel like... And he really catapulted himself into being in that top tier conversation by the end of the season. Right. Like he, he showed himself as being elite by the end of the season. And the show, honestly, should be called Pacey's Creek. I wish it would, dude. God, would this show be so much better if it was just called Pacey's Creek? Mm-hmm. I'm going to name... This final podcast episode, Pacey's Creek. Please do. <laughs> because we got jobbed. We got fucking jobbed. All right. Does that do it for you? Does it for me. Does it for me. That does it for the both of us. Two podcasters sitting here in this podcast studio. So, kids, we'll tell you. Hope you enjoyed the Pacey's Creek experience. We loved it. Got in, got out. Next week, we're going to do a movie. Jump back into the teens on the big screen. Get off the small screen. But for tonight, kids, we will tell you to sleep tight. Kids, you have a really good night's sleep. You tuck on in. And while you're doing that, Pat, tell them. Clear eyes, full hearts. Do less, kids. Do it less. can follow us on instagram at vicarious living podcast and listen to all of our episodes on itunes stitcher or soundcloud you know you found us when you see a picture of pat and i sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is laguna beach steven's there just not picture steven and lc both there just not picture <laughs>